Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's time for Star Chat. It's another week, another episode of Star Chat where we are chatting about the star. Um, of course, that always means the Dallas Cowboys. Jared Sandler, Ari Temkin. This is Star Chat along the 105.3 The Fan Podcast Network. Check out all the great podcasts across the network. Jared, the Cowboys are bad after being really good. What happened? Well, Ari, not only do we have some podcasts on this uh, network, but there are videos that come up, and I will steal something I recorded while sitting on a couch the other day, <laughs> and that is that... And, and Were you wearing are, pants? I was. I was. That's, no, I, I don't know, actually. That's, it was only from like the neck up, so I, I actually okay. might not have been. There's a chance. Like now, I mean, I'm not wearing pants. Right, but right, I, but that's that's a prerequisite for this podcast. Right, the pants. We should start calling it the pantsless podcast. <laughs> the pantsless uh, podcast. So, I guess it, it, it. You know, this is Thursday, so the game happened Sunday, and and more and more people are starting to say these things. But we we kind of. I mean, I, I don't want to go all Mike Fisher on everyone here, but the Star Chat podcast has been talking about this for a couple of weeks now, <laughs> and that is we were first. Yes, we broke this news first. The defense. And and it's not just the players. The coaching is is bad right now. And obviously, offensively, this team has scuffled. But you know what? Uh, there have been some reasons as to why. Uh, and, and everyone deals with injuries. And I think part of coaching and, and playing is being able to work around injuries. But it's it's not easy when you're without your two tackles and when you're without your best receiver. And your second best receiver has the worst game of his young career, probably, and Michael Gallup when every ball hit him in right. the Right, it's not and, like you know the Packers put 31 on the Cowboys without Devontae Adams, but he's not even good or important for them, right? So, I mean, you know, they can go with Alan Lazard and some other really big-name you gotta, receivers. You've got to work around, right? I mean, Alan Lazard made big plays, and, right. and, and so you need that. But and, and so there are issues with the offense, all right? Play but calling, defense. performance from players, but I, I just think we got to put – and Chris Richard, everyone's got a love affair with Chris Richard. Uh, and if you're going to credit Chris Richard for last year, then I think you also need to blame Chris Richard for this year. Because I thought it was Marinelli this year and Richard yeah, well, last year. Of course, yeah. It's always <laughs> tweaked for convenience. But uh, So players individually are not performing well. Uh, Jalen and, and LVE have not been good. Anthony Brown is the best cornerback in the NFL at being close to the receiver, but then just deciding not to ever try and make a play on the ball, allowing them to catch it. Byron Jones is a good corner, but doesn't make plays. Like, he's not a playmaker. Not a ball skill. The, the Cowboys are yeah. the only team in the NFL to not have a possession start on the plus side of yeah. the field. I mean, that's crazy. But schematically, what was maddening is that it seemed like the Cowboys were protecting against the run. Well, first of all, I don't care if you've got Barry Sanders in his heyday. We know enough now you go in 12 yards your way down the field. I, what, what's a big play for Le'Veon Bell? I mean, like, yes, he could break off a big run, but like 12, 15 yards, and that's like, oh my gosh, that's a big play. Well, who cares? Make him do that over and over, and they're not going to, but the Cowboys were so committed. Meanwhile, they're giving up 20 yards on this pass and 92 on that pass because Cheeto stinks, by the way. 
and 30 on this pass, and there was no adjustment made. Right. None. None. And that, to me, like, you've got you got a single high safety, and you make no adjustment to protect against the pass even after they've established that they're carving you up. I mean, if it's me, I don't care who you're playing, beat me with the run. I am challenging every team it's in the not NFL efficient. to beat me. Exactly. I don't care who it is. So I'm... It's a mid-range game. Shoot a bunch of mid-range jump shots. I am baffled that they, out the gate, had that philosophy of beat me with the pass. But then to not make the adjustments... Well, that's the, and they knew Sam Darnold was starting, right? Like they didn't think, "Hey, Luke Falk is going to start." I, Maybe yeah, that's what they thought. I don't know. I, I just, I don't, Ari. I don't get it. And I know that it's not all in coaches because these players have stunk up the joint as well. And and it, it's both. I mean, it, you know, this sort of disappointment doesn't happen because of just one or just the other. Right. But it is, it is maddening to me. And and I don't know what. Like to me, oh man, I. These guys know so much more than we do. I'm not at all sitting here suggesting. I know there are guys on our station who maybe think that they. I, I'm not. I'm not suggesting that. But I would love to know the explanation as to why this thing that appears to be so obvious, obviously, is not that obvious. Yeah, I mean, I've got the same questions on offense, but I do want to. I want to stay here for a second because, to your point and to your credit, the first episode of this that we did was right before the season started, and you, like, in our pre-show meeting, were talking about, why do we just assume this is going to be a top-five defense? Like, what are the things holding them back? So you, to, to, to go all Mike Fisher here, you were 100% right about what could be a major issue with this defense. And it's a problem. And it, it's funny because something, offensive coordinators at the end of last year, figured out something about Leighton Vander Esch and Jalen Smith as linebackers and, and running the football, and they have exploited those two guys. So in, in I guess, the Cowboys' haste to minimize what Le'Veon Bell could potentially do to them, they, they basically said, we're not going to put Le'Ve- we're not going to put Jalen Smith and Leighton Vander Esch on an island again because these guys have struggled. But it's like, well, once, but once they start passing the ball efficiently, you kind of have to allow them to beat you with Le'Veon. It's not efficient. And and even though the Cowboys have been gashed by running games recently, I just think that's a it's a red herring for the true issue, which is their offense has been suddenly it's gone back to what it was last year. And this is more of the like I don't what am I not getting here? Why does this seem so obvious? These guys should know way more about football than I do, and they do. First three weeks. We saw 38% play action, 34% play action. They were number one in the NFL in play at running play action. They weren't running. They were running a ton of RPO. There was pre-snap motion. They were running the. They were passing the ball to open up the run. I don't care. They're playing bad teams. That's what they were doing schematically. Which against any team, that's a good approach. Suddenly, three weeks after that, the next three games, all of a sudden now, this is the same offense from last year. Yeah, I mean, a lot of second and sevens and second and eights because we love two- and three-yard runs on first down. And and you know what? Also, Zeke, who wasn't bad by any means on Sunday, but, you know, he he's not the same player. He's not the same player. Uh, the They're only, running the ball down on first down, down two scores the fourth quarter. Yeah. Like, this is Jason Garrett. I hate I hate to make it that simplistic. Jason Garrett was involved in the, the, the offensive game planning early on in the season, but there's no other reasonable explanation for – 
the offense was doing this and new things, and here's this 30-year-old first-time play caller that's doing this, and then all of a sudden it's like, no, 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 but now they're going exactly back to what they were last year. Yeah, Inefficient, right. not no play action, pocket passing Dak, no RPOs. I mean, it, it, there's no other explanation for it. So their defense is holding them back, no question. But I think the running game issues they've had defensively is really just it's a red herring for the big issue which is if you're if you're playing offense effectively it doesn't matter that you can't stop the run because that's not efficient yeah no you're right I guess you could look at it both ways right you could say well the defense doesn't ever really get game-changing stops so the offense constantly has a long field to which is true which is true but you're right if you if you are aggressive and you're getting on the board first you're forcing the other team's hand and and then thus uh, making it a little easier for you. I mean, there's a reason why as, as many big plays as we see in the passing game these days, there's a reason why third and 15 is a low percentage probability because teams are playing for that. You don't, I mean, you don't have an option at that point. You go take your five yards. Right. Uh, right. And, and when you're up 14 points, you're up 10 points or just up at all, then it, it, it usually, I mean, if, if you're the Cowboys, it doesn't, but for maybe 27 or 28 other teams, in the NFL, when you're down, you you've got to open things up. I with the RPOs last week. I wonder how much I I, I do try things. You know I, I do believe like they know things. There are reasons why, right? Yes, of course. The one thing I I wonder if they would admit with truth serum is Dak was getting his ass kicked. Yes, he was. He was getting Destroyed. absolute Destroyed. And, and they didn't feel the need in that game to further expose him because he was taking a beating. And that's the only thing I can think of. But that then you take a step back in bigger picture. Why was he getting destroyed? Well, because you had your, you know, your two tackles out, and the offensive line just wasn't performing well. And well, you know what? There are teams in this league who don't have good offensive lines, and I mean the Houston Texans being one of them. I mean they have arguably the worst offensive line in the league. They find a way to score points, and they find a way to work around it. And you know what? They got a mobile quarterback too. Dak's not as mobile as Deshaun, but the Cowboys' O-line isn't as bad as Houston's O-line. As a matter of fact, it should be a really good O-line. Right. I just think you've got to be able to work around these challenges. Uh, I mean, hell, the Eagles won the Super Bowl without their left tackle for what? Was Jason Peters out the entire year or most of the year? Or right. Maybe it was the – I don't remember. No, no, he was. Do you get any sense that this – do you have any confidence in this coaching staff? No. That – they could withstand Tyron Smith. I mean, they haven't no. been able to. No. And you know what? Cam Fleming started for a Super Bowl winning team last year. So it's not like we're talking. I, I'm not trying to say Cam and Tyron started Smith. Started in the Super Bowl. In the Super Bowl. I'm not <laughs> and saying won that. In a game yeah. in which the team that started him at left tackle won the Super Bowl. And so I'm not saying that Cam Fleming is Tyron Smith, but I'm also not going to sit here and allow you to say, well, they've got uh, putzes who shouldn't be in the NFL backing up players at these various positions. There's really no other explanation other than Jason Garrett has taken control of his offense. There isn't because, because you don't suddenly have this offense that's doing these things that suddenly they stop doing for no reason. And like the thing is RPO helps to minimize in, in some cases that, that pass rush, like just doing a straight drop in the pocket is worth, you're worse off doing that when you don't have a, when you don't have a good, um, uh, uh, when you, when, when you have guys injured. So like the things that they didn't do, they're saying they didn't do it because, and, and this is what Dak and basically Kellen Moore said. Well, when you're behind, it's tough. You kind of fall to your, you know, your approach. It's like yeah, th- no, when you're behind, let's run it on first down. Like, uh, <laughs> it's exactly right. Yeah. Like that's what Dak. When you're down, when you're behind, down by a bunch, you know, you kind of get out of running the ball. But it's like, but you didn't. You ran the ball on first down consecutive drives of the fourth quarter. 
So, and you, and by the way, there's no correlation whatsoever between an effective running game and an effective play action. It's going to freeze linebackers. So it's nonsensical. And here's basically the, the only sense I can make of it. Jason Garrett is, this, he's a dead man walking at this point. He is. He is. You might be rolling your eyes and saying, we've said that for years. This is it. He's not going to trust his fate on a 30-year-old first-time play caller. He should. Get, yeah, and, and I agree. I, I understand that, though. Like, I... Right. I get if right. it's Jason Garrett, you know, again, truth serum said, listen, if I'm going to go down, I'm going to go down my way. My way. I, I, I fully it. respect that. Me too. It doesn't mean I think that's the best way. I don't. I don't think you do. I don't think anyone does. I do respect that, and I do think you're right. That, that is probably coming into play. Yeah. It, it's – and I, I get it. But at the same time, it's like how do you not – your offense is scoring 30-plus points. It looked great. And then all of a sudden, it's like it's back to what it was last year where when you score, it seems like a coincidence. I just don't – I don't understand it when it's like it's right there in front of you. Maybe it's an ego thing. But I don't know that the Cowboys have much of a shot in it to do anything this year, make the playoffs, do anything this year, unless we see more of the Kellen Moore offense we saw the first three weeks of the season, period. One, two coaching things, and then get to the Eagles – one, I understand that Cheeto physically profiles more as the type of guy that Chris Richard would like on the field, and Jordan Lewis is not that guy because he's smaller. I but don't care. There's one guy in the secondary who makes plays on the football, and that's Jordan Lewis. And I am Cheeto seems like a great guy. I really enjoy when he's interviewed. Uh, he's an interesting person. Seems like a good person. Uh, and you know what? He could be a good football player. But right now, he's not. And Jordan Lewis, in the opportunities he's gotten, has made plays. I'd like to see more Jordan Lewis. Uh, I think Xavier Woods has put on some pedestal that he hasn't lived up to in any way, shape, or form. Uh, I, you know, I, I, I have theories as to why you know he's put on this pedestal. That's for another conversation. Uh, and then the other thing is, I still don't understand, Dari. The Cowboys had a chance to tie the game. And they've got two timeouts. The The two timeouts are irrelevant because they can't, they have to, if they don't get the two-point conversion, they have to get an onside kick. Saving those timeouts accomplishes zero. And either Dak or Jason Garrett or someone upstairs has to see that when they go to the line of scrimmage for that play, knowing the defensive coordinator for the New York Jets, Greg Williams is known as a perpetual blitzer that they are going to bring pressure. Like 11 guys. And <laughs> if you're not going to call a timeout before you break the huddle because you want to see what the defense does, why are you not calling a timeout and using one of your two timeouts for, at that moment, the game-breaking or making play baffles me because that play was... A nothing from the minute that ball was snapped. Once you, once you took the timeout after you convert the third and two underneath, and you no longer have three timeouts. The other two timeouts are irrelevant. They're irrelevant. And like they're they're irrelevant if you after that possession. Right. I mean, it's over. You know, if you want to call, it if you had the three timeouts, then you save them. If yeah. you had the three timeouts, then you save them because exactly. then you can stop the clock and get the ball back. But if you once you've called that timeout, it's over. Yeah. So you're right. Either like call a timeout, look at the alignment, or. Oh, it's frustrating. Yeah, it, it's, gonna, it's... All right. Let's move on to good things because here's why. I, I'll give people some... Uh, some optimism? Yeah. You know, I don't have any numbers on this, but 
if you think about Jason Garrett's time as the Cowboys coach, take away playoff games, when he's had these big type of regular season games, Cowboys actually usually do really well. Yes. Including last year. They lose to Tennessee, and then they go on a run, that big game against the Eagles. You know, they might not have Amari this this week, and, you know, that could change things. You might have more information on that uh, because you were just at lunch with Amari or whatever. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I, they do bounce back well. Right. No, they do. And the team doesn't quit on them. Yeah. They keep fighting. Well, okay. We, you know what? Sean Sharif tweeted something about challenging listeners to have conversations with wives or bosses using Garrett Talk. We should do five minutes next week of just just like talking like we're Jason Garrett. But we don't have to do it now. Uh, so I'm expecting the Cowboys to come out and play really well. I, I know everyone's down on them, but it honestly seems like their MO is to actually play a really good game and to get everyone – like the conversations we're going to hear next week, oh, I told you they're fine. They're going to be all right. I fully expect that because that's kind of the MO that they have demonstrated. I, I heard the stat on G-Bag la- a couple of weeks ago. Like they, Jason Garrett as a home favorite, is his record is not good in terms of covering um, as a home favorite. So obviously what they about could, winning? I, I mean, he's got to be decent because he's won a lot of regular season games. But like the the covering as a home favorite was he was like one in thirty or something or one in twenty five. So I I just and I I the answer is yes they do they do have a relentless spirit and they fight and claw and scratch and you've got to be proud of the way that they fight and scrawn. I'm trying to do the Garrettisms here. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I just, if they try to beat the Eagles with this power running with Zeke Elliott and 28 carries a game, 3.9 per game, they're not going to beat the Eagles. Eagles have a really banged up bad second. Yeah. Yeah. Let me tell you something. Injuries, not an excuse this week because the Eagles have it bad too, especially. As they lost to said. the Saints without Drew Brees. Yeah. How are injuries ever an excuce? The the Packers without Devonta Adams, Drew, the Saints without Drew Brees. I don't care that you don't have your left tackle. They didn't have Drew Brees. Yep. And they're 4-0. Yep. Teddy Bridgewater's not great. They're 4-0 without him. Uh, Nigel Bradham, uh, linebacker, did not practice yesterday. Either did Fletcher Cox, Deshaun, jo- Deshaun Jackson, Timmy Jernigan, Avante Max, Jason Peters, Darren Sproles, all did not practice yesterday for the Eagles. They did have Jalen Mills back at practice, but they've got a bad secondary. Orlando Skandrick is making plays for them in their secondary. I mean, with Amari, without Amari, if we see the same, you know, downhill running, it's just going to be difficult for this team to win this this game. And I'm um, going to give Michael Gallup a pass. But Michael Gallup, if Amari's not there, even if he is, right. you can't suck like that. Right. you got to step up. Right. I mean, with all the hype, uh, he was talked about like a really good number two receiver and really good number two receivers oftentimes, the really good ones, which I think people thought he – or think he has it in him. He's, he's averaging over 100 yards a game. So yeah. you're, I mean, he's having that yeah. season. But you're right. Last week was not a good week for him. You don't. You can't be reliant on having your your blankie there with you and Amari Cooper. <laughs> so this is another week potentially without Amari. You got to step up, and and they need that because it is tough. I, I'll give Dak this pass that if you have receivers who aren't making plays for you, it is really really tough. Yeah. Um. And and. Yeah, I, I didn't think Dak was. I, I Dak's not the issue here. No, he's right? not. Like, I think I I saw one of those like Warren Sharp, the top five and bottom five quarterbacks last week in terms of decision making, and then I think it combines accuracy, whatever. Dak was top five. 
Yeah, he was impressed, and especially given how badly he was being hit. He had you and me throwing. Uh, he was throwing at you and me, and he was getting hit by Bruce Smith and Reggie White and Lawrence Taylor every play. It seemed right. like. I mean, that's impressive. But those guys need to step up. And yeah. there's what? There's a good chance Smith and and Collins don't play this week. They I did think practice today, making progress, but still not a. It just. This is a big game, and you can afford to lose to the Jets. You can. It sinks in the moment. This week, the the narrative is very dark and gloomy. You can afford to lose to the Jets. It's not an NFC team. It's not a division team. Uh, You can't lose this game. Yeah. No, sir. Not at home. It just can't happen. And to me, win or lose, it's what I see. If if we see more of this, you know, this commitment to Zeke and and running the football, like – I. Win or lose, I don't care. You know what I mean? Like if they lose thirty eight thirty five and they go back to looking like they did weeks one through three, you're yeah. cool with that? Yes. If they and if they win twenty one twenty and they're winning and they won just you know, but but it's the same kind of Garrett downhill running, I'm like then the outcome is not gonna be any different than it's been in years past. Period. Like they might make the playoffs, they might win the division, they're not getting past the division round of playoffs. You cannot win in the playoffs unless you're willing to evolve and change and adapt and grow. And we thought we saw Jason Garrett doing that, but what we might have actually been seeing was Jason Garrett allowing Kellen Moore the reins and then being like, hey, Zeke's now back and got his footing and we're, we're just going to run the ball 40 times with him because that's, that's what we're going to do. And that's, you know, that's just not how to win in the modern NFL. And that's, you know, Garrett is so committed to the things, the processes that he has and the things that he does it's it's just bewildering when you look at Bill Belichick, who constantly evolves. You look at, at the smart Andy Reid, the smartest coaches in all of sports that are constantly evolving and changing and growing and malleable, and they're different and they're changing to the players they have and changing to the times. That Jets game, Jared, if I'm being honest, felt like the beginning of the end for for Jason Garrett. Yeah. Anybody that thinks Garrett's gonna get fired in season, like they have to be atrociously bad. It's probably not going to happen. If they lose the Eagles, they're not going to fire Jason Garrett, and they're not probably not going to do it midseason. But this is probably going to be his last year at the Cowboys because we just are starting to see what we've already seen from him, which is the inability to evolve and grow and adapt. And that's that's why that Jets game just felt like the beginning of the end for Jason Garrett for me. And that's a, that's a pessimistic way to look at this season. We just finished a season last year where it was like, you can't play that way. And then they fire Scott Linehan, and it's like, thank God, the Wicked Witch is gone. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait. Wrong witch. Oh, oh wait. Oh, They're no, running the ball in the fourth teams. quarter down two scores. On fir- like, what are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing? All right, so what, do you, what concerns you about the Eagles? To me, I mean... I, the Cowboys coaching staff. Okay. Jason Garrett. In a vacuum, what concerns you about the Eagles? Um, that, that, you know, look, this is a good offense. Zach Ertz hasn't even scratched the surface of his potential. They have really good running backs in Miles Sanders and Jordan Howard. You know, they if, I don't know if Sean Jackson will be back this week. He's always been a Cowboys killer, especially with the Eagles. And then Alshon Jeffrey. I mean, they, they just, this is an offense that's capable of putting up points. Can the Cowboys, as a downhill running football team, keep up? That that's what I mean. What cons- the defense of the Eagles doesn't concern me. It's it's the Eagles' firepower offensively, and the Cowboys being able to keep up. And they got a mobile quarterback who's tough to bring down. Yeah. And the Cowboys have not done a good job of putting pressure on quarterbacks right. or finishing plays. I, what I about agree. you? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the first thing to me is, and I don't love Carson Wentz 
the way I think some people do. Like, I, I don't know that I would take Carson Wentz over Dak. I, I actually might take Dak over right. Wentz. No, yeah. But the Cowboys do struggle with this type of a guy. And uh, the secondary isn't good. So you give a guy three, four, five seconds to make a pass, he'll, he'll do that, and they'll hit you with big plays. Uh, are the Cowboys going to play single high safety and just bait the Eagles to beat them in the passing game like they did with the Jets? Oh, God. I hope not, but they will <laughs> oh, if, if you do. Uh, and the other thing is I, I, I'm, I'm curious how the Cowboys fare against Alshon Jeffrey because they've struggled against the tall receiver. Uh, and right. that's, you know, Al, Alshon plays a, a big man's game as a receiver. Uh, and so from a, a defensive standpoint, that concerns me for the Cowboys. Offensively, you know, whether Fletcher Cox plays or not, I think he's like sick. I think he's going to be, he's going to play whatever. Uh, I just, gosh, like I, I don't want to watch another game where within 30 uh, or sorry, within a, a half a second, Dak is engulfed by Eagles jerseys and <laughs> uh, the Eagles will put pressure on you. Jim Schwartz is, is like Greg Williams. He will blitz. He will get creative. He will apply pressure and he will smell blood and attack. And, that blood is very existent along that Cowboys O-line, and you're not even – you know, Amari plays or not, Dak doesn't even have time to make plays. And so that that's what concerns me. And uh, Jim Schwartz concerns me. Can you – if I asked you a question, would you give me an answer as if you – this were, we were talking about the Texas Rangers? Sure. Okay. Are the Cowboys going to make a trade at the deadline? Okay. You know what? <laughs> what, what would you want – like if you had one Defensive item, tackle. Interior lineman, yeah, and and who are who's out there? I mean, is uh, Gerald McCoy there for the taking? Like, I I can't see that happening now. He was in the off season. Yeah, could have had him if they yeah. wanted him. Uh, but they were fine at defensive tackle. No, I mean you're right. I mean no, nobody's who's available. And then Leonard Williams, but I don't think the Jets want to give up Leonard Williams. Right, right. You know, like I heard KT mention his name, and KT said, you know, the Jets aren't. That's going to be a hefty price tag. But who? It's a seller's market. I mean, it's yeah. like baseball. It's a seller's market at this time. I mean, Jalen Ramsey commanded more than Khalil Mack. In what world does that make yeah. any sense? It's a tough one. And he's, yeah, and he's about to get paid a ton. And if I'm the Cowboys, I ugh, I don't, I'm not giving up, for, like, the Cowboys could be bad this year. This thing could get, go south. I'm not giving up my first round pick. Right. Not again. Yeah. I know a lot of people have asked me, you know, about, about a trade. I just... You do not make a trade this time of year. The Amari Cooper trade was perfect because it just fell into their lab, and it was it was it was good value. There's just nothing out there that 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 interests me to that degree. And and the thing is, too, people keep going back to this. Well, they were three and five last year, so don't don't lose hope. They were three and five last year. Yeah, but this isn't. <laughs> their schedule's a lot it's harder. So, the back end it's this year. so much tougher. They also like. There was the Amari Cooper thing was so new and fresh at that time that it kind of I think fooled some teams. They're able to do some things, whereas you know now they've had an off season to prepare for him. Like there's just no there there's no trade that they can make that would be that much of an influence on 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 them this year. Like yeah. to me, their defense is a problem. I don't want to I don't want to I don't want to I can't minimize that point. But their offense is the bigger problem. They're off because yeah. you have to score. The offense is, I, I think, philosophically the bigger problem. I just think we like the the reason I brought up the defense is because people have harped no, and, and harped and, and, and understandably so. Both of these things yeah, can be true. Yeah, that's the thing. It's not one or the other. I think right. we also need to throw, and it's not just the players. I think it, it's been a process where now we're you know the the first few weeks, 
well, this guy hasn't been as good. This guy hasn't been as good. That you know why? Now it's like, listen, I I love Chris Rashard. He's a USC guy. I'm a USC guy, but he deserves some blame here. Yeah. Schematically, it seems like they have been outcoached. I mean, I don't, I, I don't know what it's like to have a. a I, I thought I knew defensively. I, I think I still do defensively to know what it's like to have a guy who runs the show, who is going to give you an edge or make you better. But I don't know what it's like offensively. We got a taste of it the first few weeks. but I just figured it. out best case scenario here. You got, you ready for it? Yeah. Jason Garrett, the next coach of the USC Trojans. Get ready for it. I'd, I'd, I'd He's made for college, though. Like, I, I think he... he, he I, I think he could have a lot of success. Maybe not at USC, because US, you just said like the saddest to, uh, look yeah. on your I think he could be a good college coach. I really do. He's he's just the rah-rah, win one for the Gipper kind of college-type coach that doesn't really work in the NFL. Let's send him to UCLA. <laughs> you can go to UCLA and take over for Chip Kelly. God, that'd be miserable. All right. Uh, anything else? No, now you just got me in the back. <laughs> I'm worried that's going to happen. They just need to hire somebody that's not a former football player to run their athletic department. Just like, how about an athletic director? Yeah. How about like a non-former football player to run your athletic department? That works. I mean, we've gone from... Like, I think they've had four consecutive former football players. Mike Garrett to Pat Hayden to Lynn Swan. And, (laughs) I mean, they got rid of Mike Garrett, who's the best of the three of them. The other two sucked. Yeah, I mean, just maybe don't hire... I mean, maybe OJ next? Okay, that's that's going a little... uh, No, Reggie, let's bring Reggie Bush on. Let's bring him back. They should. I would. I would actually be in support of that. Yeah, That's right. a big middle finger to the NCAA. <laughs> at Jared Sandler on Twitter, I am at Ari Sports. Uh, make sure to. Uh, I was gonna say subscribe to the podcast. I don't even know if people can. Yeah, I don't know. But Just uh, click the link. We'll tweet it. Yeah, I appreciate everybody's if you're uh, listening. You've already clicked the link. <laughs> click the link again. Yeah. But but starting next week, we're gonna have player interviews on the show. So yeah. we're excited about that. And uh, and look, we're gonna be talking about victory next week, right? Yeah, I think so. I, I go Cowboys 31, Eagles 26. Man. I'm going to walk off on that. Before you By the way, it's a four-point spread. That's a cover. There you go. That's it's a cover. I'm going to go. I'm, I don't want to. I really don't know that the Cowboys are going to win this game, but I'm going to pick them because I want them to. I really want them to because I You're hate the homer. Eagles. You're and I'm a homer. homer. But they're not going to cover because Jason Garrett never covers. So I'll, I, and, and I'll go classic Jason Garrett 20. 27 to 24. 27-24. Classic eight. Jason right. Garrett. A lot, of, a lot of field goals. A lot of field goals. You can live with that. All right. On Twitter, at Jared Sandler. Uh, I am at Ari Sports. And hit us up if you want, if you want to sponsor our podcast. And uh, if you don't, then no big deal. Well, it is a big deal. <laughs> sponsor our it. podcast. Jared can't eat. <laughs> Legit. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law.